Welcome to the Corporate Catholic Podcast, where we inspire the joyful hustle by integrating your relationship with God into the 9 to 5. Join us as we flip the script on faith and work. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. We are so excited to have our first ever focus missionary as a guest today, (laughs) Molly. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Molly. I'm so excited to be your first focus missionary. This is amazing. We're so excited. Molly was my focus missionary my senior year of college, and we've just stayed friends ever since. And after Allison and I, um, you heard last week how we went to Seek and just had such a great experience, we were like, we've never had a missionary before. And we wanted to bring one on and kind of just discuss all things mission and Seek and just Um, you know, how to even use business skills and other things throughout mission as well. So we're so excited. Um, Molly, introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And what made you become a missionary? Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you for that introduction. Um, Yeah, I'm Molly. I'm from Texas. So I really claim that very strongly in my identity. I love being from Texas. I love all things rodeo and cowboy and queso, (laughs) all the things like that. Um, And I just love the South and the culture. I mean, there's debate on Texas and the South and whether it's included in the South. I think that it's very Southern, but Texas is very much so its own own thing. Just have to clarify because can't be um, mistaking the Texas vibes going on. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I went to Texas A&M. I graduated. I had a um, double major in business honors and then marketing analytics. And then I had two minors, one in Spanish and then one in nonprofit uh, business management which is so funny. I feel like I haven't used that in my introduction in so long, but I feel like corporate Catholic, you kind of have to say this. These are the things that are. Yeah, flex the the business degree. Yeah, wow. Yeah, gotta flex the business degree. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I went to Texas A&M. I was involved in the sorority when I was in college. Uh, I was in Kappa Alpha Theta, super involved there um, and just involved in a few other different service organizations and um, business organizations when I was in college. And I feel like I had pretty some deep encounters with the Lord in the Catholic Church prior to high school through going to the Steubenville Conference. I don't know if either of y'all went to that conference, but it was actually in Ohio, which is crazy. And because that was my first placement, Claire mentioned that um, my I was a missionary on her campus at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And um, yeah, so I had these great experiences at the um, conferences whenever I was in middle school. And then when I got to high school, just kind of fell away Um, and going into college, wasn't really sure why I was Catholic. um, But when I encountered focus, honestly, through my sorority, it was so beautiful because at A&M, it felt like for me and my sorority, it was so easy to fall into the right crowd. And by the right crowd, I mean, people who are going to be leading me closer to the Lord um, and closer to the Catholic church. And that's not usually what people say in their experience in Greek life, much less um, at a bigger Mm -hmm. SEC school. But I wasn't really looking for friends that were going to bring me closer to Jesus. And it just kind of happened. And it was just so evident. And um, the Lord really protected me in that because very soon after my freshman year, I just was invited into a relationship with Jesus, which I never really had before. And Um, I feel like the rest was history. From that point on, it was mission trips and um, going to a Bible study with focus and then getting asked into discipleship and then getting to lead a Bible study on my own and leading um, other women in discipleship. And then finally, discerning being a missionary and then ultimately saying, so now I'm a missionary at the University of Alabama. So is that a good introduction? I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. <laughs> You're like, did I do it? You're like, yes, it was so good. I love, yeah, I your experience, like in your, <laughs> your experience in your sorority, I do feel like that's just so unique. 
honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, cause I feel like most like, uh, like, I don't know. I just am like, wow, that's so beautiful that you got invited into your sorority and there was already a community like this that existed and they were just welcoming to you and honestly like invited you into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that invitation just kind of changed the course of your life, honestly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to hear more about kind of the the business side of your college experience. Like, mm-hmm. you know, starting out in college, I mean, did you always know you wanted to go the business route? Like what kind of careers were you potentially discerning? And when did that shift kind of happen where you were like, hmm, maybe – Maybe I'm going to consider being a missionary instead. Yeah, big shift. Um, yeah, we – sorry, it is a big shift. I was very shocked by it. And, yeah, I went into college – or really my senior year of high school. My specific high school had these kind of tracks that you could do within normal school – And so I did the business one. So there were some like base level accounting classes and like finance classes that we took in high school. And so I always knew and I just liked it. I just felt like it flowed pretty naturally. I loved challenging my brain that way. Um, I loved thinking about things in a big picture. Like it just always felt like the different internships that I had in high school, because that was part of it, too. We had to have a business um, internship and or over the summer once. And I just always really enjoyed that culture. And so going into applying for colleges my senior year, I was thinking, okay, I want to go to like these bigger known or like, I guess for Texas, right? Like the big state schools that have, or like have a good reputation for their business school. And um, specifically A&M, that's where both my parents went. And in high school, and really this is, I'm a, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist because in high school, I just wanted, um, I wasn't really sure I wanted to go to AM really at all. It just kind of felt like, okay, that's where both my parents went. I want to do something totally different. Um, and so I kind of made mm-hmm. all these obstacles where it was like, okay, well, like I'll only go to AM if I get into the business school. And then actually, no, if I only go to, I'm only going to go to AM if I get into the business honors program okay, now I'm only going to go to AM if this <laughs> happens. And I just like made all these stipulations, which didn't make any sense at the time. And all of them ended up happening. So it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, how can I not <laughs> go to AM? And it was honestly shocking because um, I went to a really big high school, public high school. And it wasn't like I was in like the top 1% of my class. Like I had good grades, but I wasn't anything like that wasn't the biggest part of my life. And I was just involved in a lot of different things. And so specifically getting invited into business honors at A&M, like I went on my tour to visit and I got to talk with different students that were ambassadors or interns in their office. And I just absolutely loved my time with them and loved just what it seemed like they felt was important in terms of developing me as a leader and as a person And there was always just something about that that um, was exciting to me. So that's why I ended up choosing to go to A&M. And then the perfectionist side was like, okay, what's the most prestigious major that I can have? And so when I first went in to (laughs) – I know, I know. It's so cringy, but it's just the truth. And I was just like, okay, what's the, like, most, yeah, prestigious thing? Okay, I'm going to do accounting. And there's this – program called PPA at AM, which is like a five-year master's in accounting. And you take, mm-hmm. you get certified or you get your uh, CPA license and then yeah. um, you get like an additional master in a different, um, like in finance or in marketing, whatever. And so that was what I was so set on. And then accounting, I feel like my, my second accounting class went horribly. And I was like, this <laughs> Does managerial that, that took me out <laughs> yeah managerial <laughs> so the professor was like really so so kind and so sweet to me and really helped me out but during that time I realized that the things that I enjoyed about business and the things that I 
Um, I liked creative thinking and I liked solving problems and I liked, like, I just was more big picture with things. And I think accounting can be so mm-hmm. into the details, which is awesome. Yeah. And I like doing, mm-hmm. like, I ended up to prove myself, to prove to myself that I could have done accounting. I did an accounting, an accounting inter- internship that summer. And, um, yeah, I did like a oil and gas accounting internship and I liked it. And, then after that, I was like, okay, yeah, I can choose not to do this. And um, I decided to look into at first finance because I was like, oh, yeah, women in finance. Like, that's so cool. Like, not that many women are in <laughs> finance and that's more like that's yeah. prestigious still. But even then it was just like, okay, this actually isn't like, yes, I can do it. Yes, I enjoy finance, but this still isn't I d- it doesn't feel natural. Like it feels like I'm having to like, which you do have to work hard and like be excellent. But it was kind of, it was just so obvious that I had natural giftings and other things. And I just was like trying to so hard yeah. to do the exact set thing that a business student should be doing if they're in the business school. Um, and then it was like towards the end of my sophomore year, maybe even early junior year where I decided, okay, I'm going to try out marketing and uh, specifically marketing analytics. And um, yeah, I just loved all of my classes and I loved getting to utilize just kind of my background in um, the things that I knew that I could do well in finance and in accounting to inform um, just like how I could show up in marketing and I just loved getting to utilize it. And all of my group projects in finance and accounting, I was always the one who like made everything look good, made everything look cohesive mm-hmm. and like brought everyone together. And so I just was like, okay, there's actually a very natural skill set that I have that maybe not everyone else has and they're not trying to be me. Why am I trying to be them? And so that's kind of what led me down the marketing path. And then um in college I feel like I had just like a few different internships that really never had anything to do specifically with marketing just like was something that I was utilizing in the back um and I mean kind of with like some volunteer things I started using more of the marketing side of things especially my position and my sorority and then um another Mm -hmm. position that I had with the service organization Um, but I thought that I was going to use marketing. I was really interested in going into education. So then that ended up being a part of my discernment in college. And then, yeah, so I had an internship, which was like educational consulting. And so that's was like a way that I was like, well, maybe I'm like, I kind of think I want to step into the consulting world because this seems so interesting. And so, like, having um, conversations with recruiters and stuff that came to a and um, about that. And I really liked the intersection between consulting and nonprofit and felt like that was, like, a really underserved um, – not necessarily underserved, but it was a space that I felt really called to be in. And so um, that was kind of my journey in the business school. And then I ended up being a missionary. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, how did that happen? So like, was it something that came to you in prayer? Like, did someone kind of like encourage you to apply or how did that work? Yeah. So I was very set on, I wasn't going to apply to be a focus missionary. It's just at A&M, especially the year before I was going through the process, I think over 20 students became missionaries, which is like a pretty big number. That's insane. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) And so it felt like I remember distinctly have we had these like monthly meetings with everyone who is involved in like leading Bible studies and leader and leadership within focus on campus. And I remember they had the senior send-off night and every single person it was like focus missionary, focus missionary, focus missionary. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking okay, that's not for me. Like, I love this. And um, I love what I get to do with my Bible study and with the women I'm investing in. And but this is not what God is calling me to. And I thought I was being called into the education space. And so like I said, I had that internship. And then throughout the internship, it kind of became clear, okay, there's a faith aspect of this that I'm really struggling with. And it doesn't really seem like there's um, 
a very clear way where my faith is going to be thriving while also pursuing this specific um, organization that I was interning with. And I came across this other organization, which felt like a crossover. And I was thinking, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what God is calling me to. And when I got, I got invited to apply my senior year by our new missionary who came, her name was Hana. And she sat me down. This was like one of the first times we were meeting. And she just was like, so have you ever thought about applying? And just kind of in talking through things with her, the way that she helped my brain at least understand it, just in the ways that I feel like I was formed in the business school and specifically with nonprofit stuff and even more specifically in education, there's um, a lot of conversation and like different different opinions on um like a charter school versus public school and people Mm -hmm. feel strongly of okay why should you have a charter school let's all like put all of our talent into the public schools that are already existing and help make them great again where they are struggling whereas other people have seen the discrepancy or where there's a gap and said, okay, I'm going to fill that with this organization, which is a charter school and help serve the immediate need that I'm seeing. And as we were talking, it was kind of pretty obvious throughout it that I was maybe looking at things not in the best way. And I wasn't really considering or praying about, okay, God, because focus really with any nonprofit we're working ourselves out of a job. Like ideally focus Mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily have to exist as it does now because everyone knows the Lord and like the entire generation can be reached for Jesus, which that is like the whole vision of focus is for the entire world to be reached. Like that is spiritual multiplication and focus is kind of the charter school in the story where it's like, okay, it's, I mean, I don't know. It kind of serves both because it's already, there's already this structure of college that focus is like stepping into, but they're adding an additional resource that maybe hasn't been there before and serving in a space that maybe has kind of this gap, um, which was very clear with how many, yeah, young adults leave the faith when they get to college. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. I started to discern more, okay, and we need people in both areas. Like we need people who are going to step into and evangelize um, the parish and who are going to step in and evangelize their coworkers mm-hmm. and who are going to step in and evangelize their families. Um, and then there's kind of this like, okay, am I being called to serve this like immediate need? That, that mm-hmm. kind of started my discernment and made me realize, okay, am I open to focus? And... Um, I felt like during my discernment of my senior year, the more steps I took toward my applications with focus, the more open I was to actually doing something other than focus. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is great discernment. I'm so glad that I've taken steps to apply for focus. It's brought me so much peace that I am pursuing this other thing. And then the interview weekend came and I had just a great experience. It was definitely really hard. And um, basically, I remember my spirit, the spiritual director that I met with at the time was basically like, all that matters is your holiness. And where do you feel like the Lord is inviting you to be sanctified right now? And that kind of mm. led me in prayer the, for the weeks following interview weekend. And just truly in all humility, asking the Lord to increase my desire for focus if that was his will. And that's what happened. And so it just kind of felt like all out of nowhere, it was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it was so clear. There was like Mm -hmm. such a strong peace. Um, There was a lot of courage there. And even just amongst my family and friends, I just remember so many people encouraging me and saying, this is so clear that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I would say things like, if I didn't have to go to school, I would be loving doing this full time. Like I would just say things that were so obvious that you should probably think about being a missionary. 
but I think I wanted to play hard to get at first. I don't think I realized that I, that's what I was doing. But <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of was like, I don't know, like no business honors. And it did, but it felt like such a sacrifice to like, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. and just like a very humbling thing. Cause all of my friends were like preparing for their big three consulting interviews, mm-hmm. all these different things. And to just be on a totally different train felt, um, yeah, it was just, it was hard. It was humbling. And I kind of always felt like I had to be explaining myself. And I think there was just like in that space, a lot that the Lord was able to speak into. Um, and the fact that me having my business background wasn't like, I like, yes, I'm sacrificing that to do mission, but like, we're all called to sacrifice to live mission, whether we're living mission in the corporate world or not like everyone is sacrificing something. And so, um, because mm-hmm. yeah, life with Christ demands sacrifice from us. So I think that there's been a lot of just growth in my own heart toward that. And I see the ways that the Lord is using my background to inform how I live mission now. Sorry, that yeah. was a long story. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think your experience is so relatable to so many people and especially myself included. I think, you know, coming into college and a lot of people choose business because it sounds cool. Like it sounds (laughs) like a good, stable job. Like there's so many different opportunities, but a lot of people pick their majors because it sounds cool. And we know that there's a reliable job at the end of it and we can make a decent amount of money and and all these Mm -hmm. things. And so um, I think, you know, a lot of people get into it and they start to realize like, something about this just doesn't feel right. Or I just, you know, I pictured my life or my job differently, but we start to feel like, oh, we've already committed to this or we've already gone down this path. Or maybe you're even outside of college and you're like, I'm already working in the corporate world. Like this is just how it's supposed to be. So um, I guess what would you say to people that, you know, because it sounds like it took some time for you to kind of open up to the idea of mission and doing something different than you maybe thought you were going to do. So what advice do you have to people to help maybe open themselves up to different ideas or things that maybe um, God may be calling them to do, but they're not really sure what that might be yet? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. This kind of what keeps coming up in my head as I'm reflecting, for me, something that changed, and I wouldn't even say that this is specific to being a missionary, but kind of to what you were saying, just like living mission, um, is recognizing how God wants you to be a gift to the world. Cause, and I think that that was just so key in my own personal prayer has been learning more and more the ways that God desires to give me to other people. And he does that. One of my favorite um, meditations is the meditation on givenness by JP two or St. John Paul II. And, um, yeah, it just talks about how we were all created to give each, to give ourselves to each other. And we see that so tangibly in marriage, but it's also, you're giving yourself to the person who's checking you out at the grocery store and you're giving yourself to your professor and you're giving yourself to your coworkers or like for me, yeah, it's very tangible or it's very evident the way that I can give myself to my students or um, to my team. And I, yeah, I think that that's applicable to anything, whether you're living as a living life as a focused missionary or as a mom or yeah, as a young adult in the corporate world, um, as a teacher, like truly anything. Cause yeah, God invites us every single one of us into this. Um, And I think for me, when I look back at college, it was recognizing how, and we're all meant to be unique expressions um, of God and a gift. So none of us can be the same kind of gift. And my experience in college, and I don't think I would use these words at the time, but now looking back, it's so evident that I was learning one, just like the gift, the fullness of the gift that God was giving to me, um, 
through his love um, in Jesus becoming incarnate and dying for me. Um, but then in turn, how he was inviting me into a divine life with him and calling me to be a gift to other people. And then that changed my perspective in the business world to be, to be less about, okay, how, what's like the most prestigious thing or what's the thing that sounds the coolest and actually became more of, okay, who did God create me to be? And am I being obedient in sharing that with other people? Because he doesn't, he's not inviting me to just like keep this all to myself. He's also not inviting me to like cast some of it away. And like, and I could have done that. Like, honestly, I feel like I would have, that would have been the case if I had done accounting or finance. It was like, I couldn't bring my full self into that. Um, and so mm-hmm. it, it takes courage in those moments to think, okay, yeah, God is, is inviting me into something that, um, or he's inviting me into being a gift in a particular way. And it's probably not what I was expecting. And it's maybe not even what I want, um, but it's what I need. And so he's going to fulfill my desires a million times, right? A million fold. Um, if I, I don't think that's a word, tenfold, whatever it is. And um, if I'm obedient to him and the more that I recognize the gift that I am, the more courageous I can be in discerning what God could be calling me to. Because I think if you don't think you're, you're a gift, why would you give yourself to someone? Or why would you give yourself to anything? Why would you give a smile to anyone? Why would you give... Um, a kind word to anyone. And it's the more that we realize that who we are is a gift. I think the more open we are to sharing that with other people, you know, and I've seen, I've seen that in my own heart. I've seen that in like, even just like with you, Claire, and like starting this podcast, like, yeah, there's just like this very clear um, growing in confidence in people who are walking with the Lord, how God has invited them to give themselves and be a gift to other people. So that's not necessarily like tangible, like that's exactly how I would, but I think in the ways that it would be tangible is asking God in prayer, okay, what guilt, what skills, what gifts have you given me? And where are you inviting me to share these things? And I, I was in this um, organization in college called the Business Fellows Program. And it was all about like team building and leadership and, Um, the man who taught the course, his name was General Van Alstine, and he was, yeah, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite professors. And he, I'm going to butcher this, but he talks about, um, this graph and it's basically, okay, like what are the needs of the world and what are my specific talents and gifts and passions? And then where do they intersect? And then am I willing to go there? And I think that that's the tangible thing, like being formed in that in college, it was like that helped me see outside of the business world and helped me see outside of accounting and the PPA program. And it's all helped me see outside of the finance world. Um, And it really made me see like, okay, here's actually just the world. And then here's me and here's how I've been formed. And then how can I like be in this like X spot (laughs) that God has like helped highlight for me and identify. Um, and I hadn't been taught to even see my role in the world or even see the world that way until that class. Because I think it's easy. I think prior it was like, okay, well, we see poverty and we see like a lack of education and we see an eviction problem. Like there's like very clear things that are not the best in the world um, that I think our hearts are drawn to. Um but this class really helped me think and form an opinion and for myself to consider that actually it's my responsibility to um, accept the call to like exist in that intersection. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that you kind of were saying like accept the call because like once that's made clear to you, like once you have clarity that this is the area where that intersection is, then you it is kind of like a yes or no. Like, am I going to accept this? Am I going to to stand up and to the challenge that God has asked me to? I just also wanted to validate you because when you were talking and you were like, yeah, like God wanted to use me as a gift. And 
I mean, you were just the biggest gift to me ever (laughs) in college. I mean, like Molly, I had never like experienced radical love like Molly gave. Uh, Just you were able to just give and give and never, I never felt like you expected anything in return and obviously tried to love you back when I could. But like, even just the small things, like you would be just, you just bring something over to my house and be like, oh, I saw this and thought of you. So I bought it and like, I'm giving it to you for no reason. And I'd come over and like always leave fed just like little things like that. Like your hospitality is just so radical and amazing. And, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously I could see just so many gifts that God has wanted you to use through focus. So I just wanted to validate you there (laughs) Thanks. and say that I love you. I love you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm able to like be more of a gift because of how you're like, you've given yourself to me. I think that that's just like the cycle. It's like, it doesn't end, which is so beautiful. Like it's, it's eternal, you know? So anyway, that's all I was going to say. Very thankful for Mm. you. And I mean, like my experience and focus has you know, ignited a fire that like I've brought to Chicago, you know, and like mm-hmm. starting, um, you know, like leading my first Bible study this year in Chicago. And we just had record attendance, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Almost ran out of seats. <laughs> I was about to like pull out the lawn chairs from outside. <laughs> um, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Someone walked in and they were like, we thought this, or I thought this was a pregame or something. No, literally, <laughs> the, it was like a party in my apartment, but it was Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was amazing. Tuesday night pregame, we've yeah, got tea Tuesday. and scripture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all you need, honestly. <laughs> and like leading this Bible study would have literally never happened if you weren't in my life like multiple years ago. So. Whoa. Um, that cycle just continues to flow and 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 will continue. And it's crazy to kind of reflect back and and see all of the thousand decisions that needed to be made so that I can make the decisions that I'm making today. So Yeah. So crazy. Um, okay. I feel like we wanna talk about seek, but I feel like last question before that is um I guess like, yes, you are a missionary and you have found your skills and like are putting them to use in mission, but you know, you've talked about business and such and just how do you feel like you live mission differently because of your skills? Like even in now in the missionary world, what makes you different and like, how are you able to progress the mission of focus through like your specific skills and like particularly some of those business skills and other things that you've been talking about. Mm. Yeah. There's so many ways. Like I feel like there's so many small ways and there's probably things that I don't even realize that I do differently because of business, you know? And um, like one small thing that I can think of is we put out these monthly newsletters for our, um, for our mission and this goes out to our mission partners. And so Claire gets them. And, (laughs) and I remember talking to other (laughs) missionaries and um, yeah, I remember one, one person in particular was like, Oh my gosh, Molly, like whenever I see your newsletters come out, like at first, like, I think she just was like, they, they look different. And that, that was just not something that I had really realized could look different. And I think a lot of people have amazing newsletters. And I think all of the all the newsletters that missionaries put out are incredible. But I think that because of my experience in marketing, it like helps shape one, just like the design for newsletters. So like a very technical thing, but also the way that I like the tone of voice maybe that I have in it and the way like what I feel called to include and how I choose to include it. Um might be different and has shifted and changed over time um, to my personality um, and toward like what the Lord is doing in mission. And then um, I think 
in terms of mission, something that I realized my first year as a missionary, just in talking to my team about things. I remember one of our end of semester questions was talking about how each person who was like in our Bible study or that we were investing in, like how each of them were doing, okay, what do they need? What do you feel like the Lord is inviting those? Like, how do you feel like the Lord is inviting those relationships um, closer to him um, in the next semester? And I remember um, the ways that I talked about things. My team was like, Oh, like that is like really crazy that that's how you're, that that's like the way that you're viewing mission and not crazy that I was like doing anything radical, but that I had kind of like this stra- I don't know if it's like strategy that feels so weird to like talk about mission that way, but a way to see like each person um, for who they were in each relationship, but also see like the larger picture and see like how that can mm-hmm. be incorporated into my life holistically. And I think just being creative in, um, in mission, I, I attribute a lot toward my formation in the business school, specifically in business honors and specifically in business fellows. Like, I think that those things have changed how I live as a missionary a lot. And it changes the type of content that maybe I would go over in discipleship. I think, um, there's kind of this like pyramid of formation and it, it starts with human formation and then spiritual formation and then apostolic formation. And I think that um, there are just like very unique ways that human formation was communicated and taught to me in the business school. And I even just think about how much of a deep dive we did. I don't know if y'all are familiar with e-colors or like the Myers-Briggs or the strengths finder. Um, like all those things were since my freshman year, we're just like constant um, for us to be evaluating our own selves, evaluating other people and like utilizing and seeing people for their unique um, gifts. And I think kind of with what we were talking about with givenness earlier, that has been like a huge part of how I lead mission with other, other people, you know, cause everyone is so different And I think that those skills have come, I mean, one, Focus does like an incredible job with our formation. So like a lot, yeah, like not to a lot, I have a lot to give credit for with the ways that they like intentionally form us as missionaries during summer training, but also just throughout the year. Um, But in in addition to that, I think that there was like a, a strong foundation that was built through my experience in the business school and specifically in the organizations that I had, that I was involved in there and the mentors that I had in the business school. Um, so those are kind of a, a couple different, different ways that I definitely see that. Yeah. I was just going to say that I see you so much with um, client relationships, which they're not really clients, but like all of your supporters um and it's almost like they're inve- i mean they're investing literally you know finances into you and it's like mm-hmm. your product like your i don't know the way it's almost like you're running your own little startup it's like yeah. you have your investors and you have such good relationships with them and you like are able to uh just in you know keep them up to date and um still have relationships with them and then you're like product is like those newsletters and just all of the beautiful relationships and Bible studies that you're able to, to run. And you're able to kind of like translate what's going on there back to your, you know, supporters, AKA your little investors. And I just see that as like that flow as just such a business flow that mm-hmm. you've definitely, I can tell like have learned from, from business or just like your natural skills um, that you brought to mission too, because I think that um, not everyone is can manage that entire flow very well, you know, like manage all of their, you know, s- supporters and also like all of the people that um, they're leading in discipleship and everything. So yeah. I see client relationships as huge for you too. Yeah, there's so many parallels when you think about it between 
you know, business and mission. I mean, you think about businesses have their own mission statements and they have their their goals and their and their people that they're trying to to reach and um, you know, build relationships with and maintain relationships with. So um, it is kind of cool to kind of think about all of the ways that there are parallels and how, you know, you can apply your business skills, not just in the corporate world, but um, really in so many different areas. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so needed. Like, I just even remember at Seek talking to Claire, it was like, so I don't know if you felt this way, but even for me, just like as we're talking about different teams that we've worked on and different um, capacities that we've been challenged and are growing, it's crazy how many parallels there can be. And you would think, and I think like the the base thinking is, oh, these are so different. But if y'all, like in the corporate world, if you're not bringing in like who you are as a Catholic woman, um, and like the ways that you live authentically in your femininity and like the ways that you love people and care for people and see people. Um, yeah. Then that would be like a disparity. And then at the same time in mission, it's like, if I'm not using utilizing, yeah, like my capacity for seeing the big picture. And um, like, if I kind of, I think that sometimes um, you might have, a temptation or you can see sometimes with nonprofits, like when there is a lack of a business structure where it can be hard to see the nonprofit grow. Um, And I think that focus just does Mm -hmm. that really well. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been really grateful to be able to kind of implement both my, or like be able to see how um, I don't have to separate these like two big parts of who I am. And even in some of the roles that I've been invited to volunteer for and being a missionary, whether that be serving in different committees or as like a liaison on my team, those are like ways that I even further utilize my, like I always call it like scratching my business brain. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, like I get to do something that is just um, not typical for my day-to-day life, but I get to use this part of my brain in the capacity for mission. And I feel similarly, like in my experiences when I was in, um, in different internships, when I got to share my faith with my coworker and like actually walk with them through hard things, it was like, I'm scratching this like part of my brain, Mm -hmm. like my faith part of my brain. And like, neither of those things could happen if I wasn't bringing my whole self in. And I think that that is, the beauty of mission. It's like, we're bringing our whole self in. So yeah, it's cool. All the parallels for sure. Or not even parallels. It's like, we're like walking the same path. It's just like, yeah, like in different capacities, but it is like the same path, you know, um, when you, when you are fully integrating everything Mm -hmm. of who you are, it's like, it's actually not different. It's very, it's the same, you know? Um, and that might be manifested differently. Like the fruit is different, but it's actually the same path. It's not this like totally different path that we're on, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say you you touched on Seek a little bit there. Um, mm-hmm. So we'd love to maybe talk a little bit more about Seek and your experience there because, you know, we saw you there and, um, you know, passed by and got to – but haven't, you know, had a chance to totally, totally talk to you about like your experience. So – um, just curious to hear your thoughts on kind of what themes that you kind of noticed throughout the experience, um, you know, what some of your kind of biggest takeaways were from, from this past year at Seek. Yeah, this is my eighth Seek, which is so crazy, which it used to be SLS. So maybe it's not actually wow. technically eight, but, um, it used to alternate between two conferences and, um, yeah, I love I love Seek. I feel like I went my fr- my freshman year and then I never looked back. It just was always something that I wanted to do. And this year was just incredible. I was really really just expectant of how the Lord was going to show up at Seek this year. Um and he just was fulfilling all of my desires in so many different ways and just getting to experience Seek with the people at or with the students at the University of Alabama. Um, but then also at the same time getting to be at Seek with like my students 
my former students from the University of Miami um, or from Miami. And I always mess up how to say it, but um, from Miami in Ohio. And Come on, Molly. I know. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> And yeah, I just feel like the Lord, there's just like all these like special people in my life, which is really awesome. And I think this seek something that I saw is, yeah, people like willing to go deep with the Lord and willing to bring everything to him, even when it's difficult, because it is difficult. And yeah, I just saw a lot of people kind of when we're talking about stepping out in courage for mission and just like going where you feel called. It's like, it's so courageous to give your life to the Lord like that. It's so courageous. And I, there is this um, boy who, or man, not a boy, a man at the University of Alabama. He's actually going to be a missionary next year, which is awesome. And I heard him talk about mm-hmm discerning to be a missionary and feeling called to it. And he was like, I'm on the edge of a pool of the pool and I know the pool is going to be cold and I just need to jump in. But that like moment of waiting to jump in and you just kind of don't want to, it would just be more comfortable probably not to jump in. But then once you jump in, you know, you're going to warm up. It's going to be a great workout. It's going to be fun. And I feel like similarly, just any time that we're responding um, to the Lord's call like specifically a call on our life whether that's to give ourselves fully to him um Mm -hmm. or to feel called to mission it feels like we're taking that step and jumping into the cold water and I think I just saw people doing that and I don't know there just seemed to be so I got to serve on prayer teams and just like in the different talks that I got to go to there just seemed to be this like very clear theme of healing. And even just in glory stories that I've heard from my campus, from my teammates, um, yeah, it's just very clear that the Lord really was, yeah, that Jesus was just there with like a balm um, that he was rubbing on everyone that was there. And he was like allowing them, allowing like the hurt or like the scratch to be seen because I think it could be easy to cover it up. And so I think that is definitely a key thing that I saw was just healing. If I had to sum it up, healing. <laughs> I I would agree. I mean, I, I feel like I myself was mm-hmm. healed. And I think so many people during that adoration and confession session just like had very powerful experiences. Yeah. Um, I know like we had kind of talked before – and you said one of your favorite talks was this talk on the Eucharist. Um, so I don't know. I would love for you to maybe like talk about that. And also I know since we can kind of rewatch some of the talks, um, if others would be inspired to watch that one. So would love to hear, you know, a little bit about your favorite talk. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. I think it's so good. Um, <laughs> it was the first day and it was a breakout session or an impact session and it was called the Eucharist as a source of healing for anxiety and depression. And it was given by Dr. Matthew Bruninger. I think that's how you say his name. And he, yeah, I just thought it would be interesting. I was interested in, it just felt like it was going to be very practical and reading through the description, which I was thinking, wow, this is going to be awesome. And as I went to it and listened to it, it just felt like it has, it pulled in a lot of just what I've personally walked with um, or personal, personally have been experiencing in my walk with the Lord, um, in particular through Catholic counseling. And um, yeah, the way he just kind of talked about secure attachment styles or what a secure attachment would look like and talking about how anxiety and depression are symptoms of not having this secure attachment style in our life. And the ultimate secure attachment style we could have or hope to have is the one with our Lord. And we're able to have that because 
God became incarnate in Jesus. So like this is actually a real relationship that we can have um, because Jesus was fully man and fully God. And he kind of just talked about that and talked about maybe some practical steps for um, how to continue to develop that secure attachment style uh, from the Lord and specifically through Eucharistic adoration. And I think one thing in particular that really stood out to me, he was talking about praying with images with Jesus of either like memories or things that define kind of safety and security in relationship. And Mm -hmm. the speaker gave this example of a song from Moana and he kind of like sang it in the middle of uh, the talk, which is awesome. But it just was, it was, yeah, I just love a good uh, acapella moment, honestly, at Seek. But it was so beautiful <laughs> because I just realized it had been a long time since I had prayed with, yeah, prayed with these images or with a memory of safety and was inviting the Lord into that space of my heart to be my protection, to be my, like where I felt safe. And I had been on different retreats that had done that and where I felt like I really prayed with these images and like created, um, or like saw the Lord inviting me into these spaces of safety with him. But I just realized that that hadn't been something I had done in a while and the Lord was just, had just been crying out to me how deeply, how badly he wants to be that for me. And that doesn't happen if I don't go to him, um, go to him like with that ache in my heart and like with that desire and need for safety and look to him to fill it. And um yeah, and specifically like being vulnerable with him, which I feel like that has been just such a key part of my prayer the past couple of months, honestly. It's just, I feel like when I was first having my conversion with the Lord, there was so much vulnerability with other people, with God in prayer. Um, and I've like walked very intentionally with the Lord now for several for several years. And I realized this summer, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's actually a tendency to mask some of that vulnerability. And I didn't even realize I was doing it, you know, like, okay, I, my schedule is really Mm -hmm. busy and that's going to be how I, like, how are you doing? I've just been really busy and this is going on and this is going on and this is going on. And I'm not actually answering the question, how are you doing? Which is the answer to that is overwhelmed and stressed, you know, and just recognizing mm-hmm. here in prayer, I wasn't even like going like the Lord is was inviting me into love, which he yeah, he does this every time in prayer. Um, but there could be this tendency maybe to um, distract and push it's not pushing away but it was just like yeah he's like actually trying to get to the core and I am like meeting him at the door and it's like hey like let's talk at the door this is so great but there's like actually like a depth that he's trying to get to and he wants me to walk with him down that um like to walk with him to that depth and I think that that is that is the source of the secure attachment Um, That's like the source of like the most vulnerable. That's the source of needing to be seen and known and loved um, and where he wants to kind of like firmly like establish that security and relationship so that then I can go out and have um, secure relationships with other people. And um, yeah, like, but I have to know that through him first. So that's like a very, that's like that talk, but then also how that talk is just thus inspired like my prayer and has just changed me and been something that I've been thinking about a lot. It's, it's such a good talk. So, and I think it's just so practical. It's like here, here's what a secure attachment is. And then here are ways to seek that out in, in prayer uh, with the Eucharist. And here's how Jesus meets each of these things. And here's prompts and ways that you can 
tangibly pray for these specific five things um, in order to develop a secure attachment style with Jesus. And so I was very shocked. I mean, I wasn't shocked. Like I wasn't expecting it to not be good, but I just was like, oh my gosh, that was just so, it met the, it like was the perfect middle of the way that it spoke to my heart. And then it was like, okay, but then here's how you can implement this. So. Wow. That's so beautiful. And I love what you shared too about um, praying with images. And that made me think of um, this prayer card that I have and that I've had for a really long time. My mom gave it to me and it's this beautiful image of Jesus and there's a crowd of people and there's this little girl and he's just holding um, this girl's face in her hands and just looking at her with such love and such adoration. And um, it's so beautiful and powerful. And my mom gave it to me because she's like, this little girl like reminded me of you. Like she kind of looks like you. And so I've kept it all these years and um, I found it somewhat recently actually. And it's just kind of been a constant reminder for me of, you know, just my relationship with the Lord and just a reminder to grow that and to recognize, you know, like he is the perfect example of what love is and what good relationship is. So, um, so yeah, that just made me think of that. And yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like he's kind of holding her like in a crowd of people and like kind of being her like safe place Mm -hmm. in like that crowd of people too. Like that kind of really relates to what you were saying, Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking while you were talking and I was like, yeah, like if we're not finding safety in the Lord, like our world just seems so much more unsafe. Like, I don't know. I just feel so much less confident in myself and in my day to day and just have so much more fear mm-hmm. when I don't have my safety net of the Lord. Like when my relationship you know, isn't as strong or I, I'm not um, doing as much. I, I see so I see the effects so clearly because I'm like so stressed out by my day because um, I'm just like looking to other things to provide safety rather than the Lord. And mm-hmm. I think that that happens so much. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's like even with what the talk she was talking about, how anxiety and depression are symptoms of that. And I think I know we were talking um, like earlier about Monsignor James Shea's talk at Seek, which was probably like one of the best talks at Seek, truthfully. I mean, that talk was seriously insane, mm-hmm. his keynote on the weight of our brokenness. And I think that these talks kind of go together in the sense that when he was talking about anxiety and depression in the world, he was like, yeah, like I'm like, these are kind of some of the response I have, responses I have, but there's the temptation of, isn't that actually a normal response for the culture of death that, that exists in our world and how how crazy how crazy things are? And um, isn't that actually an appropriate response? And so kind of I liked the duality of um, having both of those talks and recognizing, okay, like this is actually like a normal response, but there's this invitation to actually cling to something that is secure. Um yeah, I mean, that talk was seriously insane. If anyone hasn't watched that talk, they should totally do it, which also I don't know if y'all did the signals last podcast, but um, there should be a plug for the seekreplay.com because anyone can watch these talks. You just have yes. to make it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> mm-hmm. So great. Yeah, we did plug that in the last episode. And yeah, I'll, I'll find the links for – um, the talks that we mentioned today, and I'll include those in the description so people can find them. Okay, just last quick question, and then we'll wrap up here. Um, yeah, I mean, how, I guess, how are you kind of looking at your faith and work and mission differently because of Seek, and like, what are you excited about for this year? I think Seek just reminded me a lot of the urgency of this call that the Lord has invited me into and just hearing how seek impacted one, just one me, but then 
the women that I got to pray with, the women from my campus that went, and and the men too. I just like feel like I have I hear more probably about the women. And yeah, there's just this like very clear way that the Lord is calling us to be his. And I think in my own heart, there's kind of this new courage to, oh my gosh, like, wow, maybe there were these parts of my heart that I wasn't giving to you, but I want them to be yours. And I think inviting other people into that as well. Um, There's this meditation. I can't remember if it was Pope Benedict or Pope, I think, oh no, it was Pope Francis, his um, Easter vigil homily from this past Easter talks about remembering your Galilee and like remembering basically like the place Mm. that you first encountered Jesus and just remembering your first love. And I think seek felt that way for me because that was probably one of the first, I mean, no, it was like, it was the first place that I fully gave my life to Christ. I remember sitting in the chapel during the entertainment that night and it was Penny and Sparrow, which I didn't know who they were at the time, but now I'm like, I would have loved that concert and just like sitting in the chapel (laughs) and I know (laughs) and just like recognizing, Oh my gosh, I need a savior. Um, I, I need a savior. I have all these things going on in my life. I'm struggling in all these ways. And God, if if what it me if all that needs to happen is for me to give my life to you, then it's yours. But I like need you to save me. And those are the that was the first time in my life I had used those words and like truly surrendered my life to him, not knowing what exactly that was gonna mean, just knowing that I'm doing this and my life is gonna have to change. And I think that coming mm-hmm. back to seek as a missionary, it's so different. You know, you're, you're not as free, um, to go to like every single thing that probably you want to necessarily go to. You're walking with students that are from your campus. You're seeing your friends that are missionaries. You have a job at C, like you have different staff jobs. Um, but the Lord and his mercy is like, at least I felt is just reminding me, of my first moments of love with him. And you think back on like friendships or relationships and it's kind of like those first moments where you're like, okay, I actually think we're going to be friends or like that. I actually really like you and there's something going on here. And I'm just like, so excited to like keep talking to you and come back to you. And I just remember those moments with the Lord is so sweet. And like, I think sometimes I'm like, is that kind of cringy that I was like that, you know? And I remember texting my Bible study leader every week being like, I just read this in my, uh, in my prayer time this morning. And this is what I think it means. Like I was going so crazy and there's just such a sweetness. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was probably so like a little freshman Molly was like, sending her these like long paragraph text messages. Blowing up the group chat. I w- well, not in the group chat. I sent it to her separately. At least I had that going for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just like think similarly with Seek It. It's just this really sweet, uh, yeah, like Jesus is reminding you. Kind of like at anniversaries, I feel like either friendship anniversaries or relationship anniversaries, you do something that like maybe you did on your first date and you like keep going back to it. And so it's been really sweet as a missionary to like see how every year Jesus is like bringing me back to the beginning and like being like, this was our first, this is our first date. And like, um, we're experiencing it in a new way, but like, this is it. And just continuing to pour out his love for me. And I think as I've grown in my relationship with him, it's like, there's like more and more space in my heart to actually fully receive everything that he's trying to give me. Um, So I think that, Sorry, that was kind of a tangent, but the way that it's impacted my mission is that it just reminds me of who the lover of my soul and the ways that he is just like singing protection and love and safety and mercy over my life and that he is worth sacrificing for and that sacrificing these things that maybe feel hard or difficult um, 
yeah, there's going to be an eternal benefit to that because my soul knows who knows who loves her, you know, more. So um, I think that that impacts everything and impacts how I live my life and impacts how I live mission because I don't want anyone to not know that um, because it's just absolutely changed my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, yeah, we need a savior. So. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, okay. I'm going to do a little like recap and I, there was so much there. I mean, well, first of all, when you said like someone worth fighting for the song from Mulan came in my head when they're like a girl worth fighting for. <laughs> and I'm like, Change the words there, and that'd be a good. Um, <laughs> I need to listen to that song. Yeah, seriously. Um, to watch that movie again. That movie is so good. Oh it's my been a gosh! Long time since I've seen that. I love that movie. Um, yeah. So I was also thinking, you know, while you were talking about, uh, you know, you just reminded me of sometimes I feel like, you know, I maybe am scared to go back to those like first moments with Jesus or something because I'm like, oh, I was so, you know, young. I, I didn't know anything. And you want to focus more on growth. And um I feel like that's the business person in me is I'm like, yeah, like, you know, look where I was then. I was, I was, you know, X. Now I'm like exponential growth. Why? Like why would I go back there? And you were just kind of reminding me of like, no, like knowing your roots and feeling grounded and everything is so simple. It's so much more black and white at that point too of like, Jesus loves me. Like, yes. And that moment is just so beautiful. So um, I'm definitely going to be reflecting on that and, and kind of going back to my why of, of the small moments where I said yes to Christ at the beginning. Um, And just this whole episode has been so amazing. Thank you so much, Molly. We, have just talked about discernment, I think, which is just always on people's hearts. I love talking about discernment with so many of our guests because everyone just has a lot of different questions that they're always going through in their minds. And each person has just such a different but similar and beautiful way of looking at it. Um, So we loved hearing about your story. And thank you so much for all of your mission uh, that you do. And you know, I personally have seen so many fruits of it and everyone that encounters you has. So we love talking about that. And we're just so excited for this year, feeling energized by Seek and <laughs> um, excited to kind of dive deeper with Jesus and see where this year takes us. So thank you so much, yeah, Molly. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. This has been so fun. And thank you all for listening. And We will see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. Give us a rating and follow us on social media at Corporate Catholic Pod.